This episode of Go for Bites is brought to you by Empathic Practice, a stress management clinic with focus on a holistic approach. Find us on empathicpractice.us or give us a call 850-777-3334. You're listening to The Go for Bites with Shanti Fury and Ryan Eaton. The Go for Bites with Shanti Fury and Ryan Eaton. The Golf Abides. With Ryan Eaton and Shanti Fury. The Golf Abides. We did that part already. Let's start the show. Hey everybody, Ryan here. Uh, just wanted to let you know at the top of the episode that we did lose some of the audio. Uh, just the first couple of minutes. So we're joining the episode now. Uh, with our guest, Felipe Munoz. Enjoy. And I started a business focus on stress management because <laughs> I was very stressed with working in the creative industry. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's what I do. I coach people about uh, mindfulness. I coach people about cannabis. I coach people about meditation, um, lifestyle, and spirituality. And and how to use different tools to cope with with stress. Before we dive into what all that means uh, and how how it all works, can you tell us what kind of you said you were in the um, creative industry? Yep. What 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 exactly were you doing before this? So um, I started working with um, websites in two thousand and. Like design, mm-hmm. nice graphic design, and then like I just work my way up into the role of an art director, creative director. I own my own company a couple of times, one in Brazil, one here in the U.S. Um, working with advertising and and marketing, branding uh, was the main focus of all that I did. Um, so it was very interesting. Migrate from that industry to what I do now, but mm-hmm. it wasn't quite surprising because I was always studying how the mind works in a way to kind of manipulate that. To market um, towards exactly. people's minds, yeah. So now I'm just deconstructing that. That's interesting. Yeah. I like how you've turned it around and I've actually I'm actually a client of Philips Philippe's <laughs> <laughs> You got, me all, you got me all spooked now. <laughs> just, just, just don't call me Phil, and then we're good. Not Phil. That. Got it. Yeah. Um, Mr. F. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, like Shanti said, he's a client of yours, and um, I'm, I've, got, I've been interested in, I've been excited about this podcast because I want to hear more about um, your practice and, mm-hmm. and mindfulness and kind of um, how it can help. I mean, we're all in the middle of a pandemic and the middle yeah. of, you know, racial tensions and all this other stuff. And it's, I'd, I'd be, I would love to feel a little <laughs> bit more at ease. So tell me, tell me more about what you do. Well, and it is interesting you bringing that up. I think that it's the, the stress that we all have to cope with when it comes to uncertainty mm-hmm. of just living. And I say like, life is coping with that and that is coping with life. So how do you bring those to terms of, like, you don't know what's going to happen when you leave your door, but you don't want to be paralyzed right. that you don't live your life. Um, so what I do, and, and I say that, uh, not lightly, is helping people to realize that we need to embrace change. 
you know that there's no way around it but you can do that more mindfully in a sense of like bringing yourself back to the present and the things that have working out for you it's a great way to just start not freaking out about everything else that is not working out yeah um so um the cannabis part of the business is kind of the the entryway in a sense because we knew that people that are looking for the treatment tend to be a little bit more open-minded and then we pair that with the mindfulness and meditation aspects to give people a better a better mindset of how to approach their well-being and mm-hmm. their wellness uh, how to um, live life more fully and and kind of focus uh, on the glass half full, if you will. You know? mm-hmm. And your company's called Empathic Practices, right? Yep, yeah. uh, the, the Empathic Practice here in Pensacola. Ended, uh, you're, right, uh, you're right around the corner from where we are now at the studio, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. three three streets from three here. Streets yeah. yeah, close by, very convenient. <laughs> um, so what kind of, uh, you know, you went from being in graphic design and, and web building and all that stuff to what you're doing now. Did you get any kind of... Uh, training uh, to kind of tr- make that transition or how does that work? Yeah, in a sense of like the the coaching aspect of it, it was something that I had been training already mm-hmm. throughout my career because that's how I was training team members and other creatives. Um, and I always loved the you know alternative therapies and, and complementary therapies as a way to look at the metaphysical as a part of what you express. And I think the art has a lot to do with that. We're just expressing emotions, expressing things through, um, through the unknown, really. You know, like you put your voice in this blank canvas, mm-hmm. and you don't know what is going to come from it. Um, so that was part of the training around the mindset, and just like kind of refining the tools that I use for that. Uh, when I uh, got together with my my wife's stepdad who is a doctor and is the one that he kind of came with the idea of like i want to work with medical marijuana but i want to help people with their mindset more than with the medication and he knew that i had that training in coaching and uh mindset and team building uh and and managerial uh as well to jump in with hand on that boat um i was looking uh, to pivot my career for a while until that point so it was a great opportunity that I just jumped right in mm. um, I took a few different courses specifically on on cannabis coaching and cannabis as a medicine where did you where did you take that where I took did, with a company called a holistic cannabis Academy okay who had like a really good background on this holistic approach and since then it's, it's a correspondence course or? it was an online course uh correspondent course a good <laughs> that's old school man <laughs> you're, you're, you're a 90s kid yeah. um, tv vcr repair you know, <laughs> all the essentials yeah on that note though there are universities where you can learn a lot um regarding cannabis there's one in orlando called sativa university um that they teach about cropping uh, about um how to differentiate the different plants and the seeds and and take care of it in a more in-depth level. So for people who work in the dispensaries or in the the facilities that grow, it's a lot more helpful. And there are universities around the U.S. and outside the U.S. 
Uh, but it's, it's a good point that you bring it up, like how was the training? Mm-hmm. Because I think it's really impressive how as soon as this industry became like a legal industry, suddenly everyone was, uh, already had certain knowledge about yeah. it. <laughs> Lots of people know what's going on already, <laughs> and they don't have their certificates yet. <laughs> Tell me how that happened. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, <clears throat> so with with the medical marijuana side of your business, you're saying your father-in-law, father-in-law, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's an MD. Yep. So he handles that kind of the more because yeah, so I don't I don't know how all of it works. I kind of have a grasp on it, mm-hmm. but we really I mean we were interested in well, sharing. Yeah, why don't you walk him through? Because he's never he's I've actually never been interested. In yeah, I'm interested in what you in do. A, so if let's just say I was a new client, why don't you walk us through for for me and for the listeners mm-hmm. um, what that would look like in case somebody thinks maybe medical marijuana or mindfulness therapy would help me but i'm scared i don't know how to get into it i don't know who to talk to well and i think that's the main difference in our office is that we we hold your hand through the whole process which i haven't heard of i've heard of other (laughs) i've had other friends who have gotten their medical card and who went through the process and there's a bunch of stuff like where they wouldn't tell you exactly what you were going to need to have at the appointment and they were scared that they were going to pay the money and not get the card and all this stuff so yeah, excuse me. Yeah, so I want to know. That sounds like that's what makes your business different. How how do you take a person who just walks in your office and get them to where they need to be? When we were doing market research, we saw that the majority of the the physicians' office they were just like prescribing, and you were at your own will, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you would go to the dispensary, and the dispensary would educate you about mm-hmm. the product. The dispensary is a retail shop, you know. You don't go to to target and ask for fashion advice, you know? (laughs) Right, because they're going to tell you you need the belt on aisle seven to complete your look, right? Um, So what we did was, like, we saw an opportunity for education there. uh, And what we do from the start is that once you call us, um, we try to answer all the questions that you have um, before you commit to to the, uh, the appointment with the physician, we sell as a package, we call a cannabis wellness package, which includes the visit with the doctor, um, a coaching appointment with me for mindset and for cannabis products, and then a follow-up session after three months where I sit with, with the patient to ask, like, well, is everything going how you predicted or how you expected? Uh, and, and after that, we are always available for phone calls or appointments and any sort, so we can tweak um, how the experience is going. Because it's not a set prescription. It's not like you know you're gonna go to always this pharmacy and have this quantity every time. It is a very personal experience, like we we're talking about. Some people already have been using marijuana for years before they mm-hmm. get their card, and some people are completely naive and new to it. Well, and even the people who have been using it for years. Um, haven't had the i've been to recreational stores out west mm-hmm. and the the thing that changed that was kind of like mind-blowing to me was you can when it's regulated like it is now when it's an industry you can go in and say this was what i had last time was too strong for me i need something that balances a little bit better with my work day or whatever and they can say okay well you probably want 25 percent thc and 75 percent uh, CBD, you know, or, CBD yeah. or whatever, and it's that was the thing that was like, okay, this black market stuff has to start going by the <laughs> wayside, and we have to get the reason why people, you know, aren't using it in a healthy way is because they have no idea what they're getting. Yeah. The, you know, Joe Blow guy, they got it from 
at the house on the corner uh, told him it was purple haze skunk they funk. They always and make it, up names. They make up names. You don't know what. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what if it's a sativa or an indica or a blend. You don't know if it's good. You don't know if it's laced with anything. And just like the concept of being able to say to speak to a professional and have them walk you through it and be polite to you about it and not try to rush you. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's a huge a huge benefit to that, I think. Well, and you think about how they have been growing weed for so long, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after it, it became illegal, they, they, the focus of people buying weed was not therapeutic anymore, you know, back there. And uh, uh, even more during the 70s, where you have like a... Um, uptake mm-hmm. with, with in the 60s with the the hippie movement and people are getting to get high so which to me is totally okay it's just like about like having the right mindset or know when is the right time to get high right um like everything else is, in moderation how do you use exactly. this thing to make your life better rather than suck you down in exactly. a hole or whatever but think about like the people who are growing that and they're growing so people can get higher with like less quantity so they can lace or they can like you know sell more or whatever right. it is um but throughout the years you just have been breeding these plants to get to higher uh, amounts of thc and now with therapeutic and medical use you start seeing the benefits on other um, cannabinoids on other parts of the plant so with the terpene profile or even like in other part, physical parts of the plant like the leaves or, or the stems um, so now that it's available to more research you have a lot more products available if you think about even uh, with hemp and mm-hmm. how it, it exploded in the past few years as became federal legal there are so many products that people get confused by it. So even, like, say, if, if you have been using for a while, but you go to a dispensary and you're looking at it and you don't know where to start, that's kind of like where we thrive, you know, helping people understand what products are available that make sense to their lifestyle. If it is a daytime use, if it's a chronic pain use, if it is a um, stress uh, relief kind of use. Um, and also be mindful of, of the quantities like you're saying, like, oh, when is, when makes sense to use more? When do make sense to get high? When doesn't make sense to just use something that is really high on CBD that is going to level me? And when it's appropriate to not use at all and mm-hmm. just like feel the emotions that you're feeling or the pain and process that properly. Mm. So with the mindset and meditation coaching, the idea is that, that it doesn't matter what medication you use, you still need to address the underlying issues. Yeah. I mean, no one, <clears throat> no doctor just gives you a prescription to, uh, for any medicine and says, just take as much as you want every day. <laughs> There's guidelines for a reason, I think, to help people, especially when you're talking about therapeutic. And I also don't have a problem if somebody wants to just use weed to get high. But that's not what you do. What you do is provide a service that helps someone with their well-being. Yep. Right? Yeah. It's so it's to a different get better. thing. You, you can tell us, you can tell the client, you know, this kind of a product is going to help you with this percentage and this often and at these times of the day. That's kind of where you shine. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then like, even what you're using between, you know, I mm-hmm. say we implemented this two free meditation classes um, for the clients because we start seeing how anxious people get to get their card. Mm-hmm. So to have something else that you can learn to to use 
and cope with that anxiety is important. Um, so you're not relying on just one thing. It's not a clutch anymore, you know? Yeah. You're giving them tools other than just the medication yep. to help them through their day. That's that sounds good to me. <laughs> I mean, um, I can definitely be an anxious person. So um, that's what, a big part of why I was interested in talking about all this today. That. Well, in talking about my background and the creative work, I think it gave me a lot to understand how to cope with stress and cope with anxiety and uh, as a as a patient myself because of episodes of anxiety where you know we have like on the verge of panic attacks if not a full-blown panic attack and understanding that before I reach out for for medication I can cope with that by retreating myself by going into meditation not like a 30-minute silent meditation or anything like that sometimes meditation is the artistic expression it is painting it is making music it is uh, dancing it is like other things that we can make as humans mm. as an outlet to let uh, free flow um, of our thoughts um, and then like seeing like okay now I can go to mindfulness as a tool and assess my feelings and understand like oh, what does it hurt and where does it hurt emotionally or physically and then I can assess if I do need the medication and to what quantity and to what level. Um, because also, like, no one has you know, money to waste on all that. Uh, what I see with most patients that tend to use solely the medication is that they spend a lot of money. And that's not helpful. No. Sure. Oh, you mean at the, at the dispensaries, yep. basically? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You're, because you're just... Um, Treating a symptom rather than exactly. the cause, exactly. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, filling the gaps, but not really, you know, <laughs> treating that surface mm-hmm. that that needs to be treated. You're uh, just dumping gas on a fire. Yeah, it's just yeah. blowing up. Let's keep coming with analogies. Yeah. Okay, uh, <laughs> okay. You put too much syrup on the pancake. Like darts man. on a dartboard. You know, you're just trying to get. You a, can't hit the bullseye every time. You gotta wait. Yeah, but you're gonna split the other dart if you do. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> you're listening to Dart Chat. Dart Chat. <laughs> um, so you talked about the. Are there multiple different kinds of packages? Yeah, um, walk them through the, the yeah, initiation. Oh yes. So let's is, let's say you call the office. Um, we're gonna ask like, what are uh, the symptoms that you may be feeling? And that associate with one of the eligible conditions. So the state of Florida has a number of eligible conditions that one needs to fit in to 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 be eligible um, for for a cannabis treatment. Um, once we do the, this, how pre- long? Sorry, how long yeah. is that list? Uh, is it a good amount of stuff? I mean, it is. It's a fair amount of stuff. I would say majority of people fits within the category of uh, PTSD, chronic pain, uh, or related condition to those two. Okay. Um, Sorry. Continue. No, no problem. And and when you, once you you go through that pre-assessment with scheduled appointment with the physician, the physician will kind of just dive a little bit deeper into not only the symptoms, but if you have any other medical records and other things that you take in consideration. So he writes a note uh, that justifies to the state of Florida why you are um, getting into that treatment. Is it necessary to have other medical documents to go through the program? 
Not necessarily, because... Okay. That's one of the hang-ups that I had heard in oh. the past, was that people were worried that if they didn't have, you know, a physician's note that they had back, they've had back problems for years, then they couldn't use that as part of their the process for getting their medical card. It's to the discretion of the physician, because as they are MDs, um, they can... Um, Oh, God, I skipped the word. Um, but assess? They can assess that and diagnose if necessary. Um, but most often than not, like people have a referral from their psychologist or the therapist or, or their chiropractor. You know, there's, and once we send that, and then some people don't have any of that. I had... Uh, clients that came there and the only thing that they were taking for pain were like turmeric pills you know so uh, I'm an ibuprofen man myself (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's hard because they are coming for treatment with cannabis because they don't want to use any other pharmacological right they don't want to be on opioids Mm -hmm. right so they've been trying to go a natural route and therefore they don't have any documentation Um, so the physician will assess it as well as he can and then submit the notes to to the state of Florida, who then is the one that approves or not, but according to the according to the physician's note. Mm. Now what you, are have you ever seen anybody get rejected? Yeah. For reasons that are very interesting just uh, in itself. M- the majority of the people that get rejected by the state uh, from our experience has been because of their address. So either they are new residents in the state of Florida and they don't have like mm. a, a valid Florida ID. Gotcha. Or they just moved and their I, their driver's license doesn't match their address. That's gotcha. where they have majority of errors with the medical marijuana user registry. Um, our office specifically has a policy of um, refund of the uh, so if you don't get the license you're not going to charge them exactly we refund the appointment. their the appointment okay. um, and like I say our appointment like it's the package includes all these other appointments that are optional but to see the physician every seven months is a requirement right seven months is that how often mm-hmm. it is yeah and so we we charge for that and everything else is kind of included in it. Unless, Part of the package. Mm-hmm, okay. Unless you're taking some extra steps. Let's say you're going to dive deeper into meditation coaching or you're taking other meditation classes and things like that. Then we have like a la carte. Um, sure, I can say I'd like to come in twice a month and sit with you and talk or, or meditate. Or you exactly. Coach me of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but you which include... Is really, which is really nice, by the way. I did yeah. it as <laughs> part of my... Uh, my well, I was gonna, J card, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, just the fact that you offer those things as like an intro to somebody who maybe doesn't want to go somewhere where it costs $100 an appointment just to learn about meditation, mm-hmm. who's not ready to d- commit to that kind of financial, but you give them the, like the, the step into the doorway. I like that. That's pretty awesome. Because, I mean, everybody else I've talked to pays that doctor's fee and they push you in and push you out and it's not really... Um, there's nothing therapeutic beyond that. No, we, we want you to listen to people, you know. We want you to understand, like, why are you here? Why are you looking for this? Um, and be there with you as, as much as you want us to be, mm. you know. Um, building a rapport, building trust, uh, it's kind of like 
I love doing it, you know, and then it's like my personal take on it. I want to have people taking care of me the same way that I take care of people. Right. Um, I was talking about like working marketing and advertisement. I feel like this is almost like working around that to, you know, in your other podcast talk about people that sell their soul to the devil right yeah (laughs) the dotted line yeah Yeah. stay tuned for that episode coming (laughs) up shortly um i feel like working with advertisement is kind of like selling your soul to the devil sure and now i'm like working towards redemption yeah (laughs) (laughs) well that's good um it's i mean again the personal what we the reason we do this podcast is because we want to talk to people in our community. We want to keep our dollars in our community. We want to tell people about other small businesses and, um, you know. Uh, Can I tell you about one? Yeah, please do. Me and my wife had this uh, delivery service called the Tatted Vegan. Mm-hmm. This lady who I've seen that around. Yeah, she's working on getting a storefront, but she just makes vegan food at her house. And uh, this is over off Muldoon. Uh, no, that's the inner child. Oh, that's the donut lady. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This is a lady who does delivery food, food delivery, but just delicious vegan snack food, basically. Uh-huh. Um, but it's really good. She's got a good macaroni. What did you guys order? We had, well, she had these smothered sausages that were uh, onions and peppers in. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, jalapenos, crispy onions on top, <laughs> the whole deal. And then I had a side of macaroni and corn, and Chloe had macaroni and cucumber salad. But they were both delicious. Yeah, and so we've got these amazing people making this stuff in town, right? Yeah. We've got you with a personal touch on the, on the mindfulness and meditation and medical marijuana. And, like, we're just trying to direct people, to let, you, let people know that this community, Pensacola and the Gulf Coast at large, which we haven't really delved into anybody outside of Pensacola yet, but there's people who are doing cool stuff who care about other locals. And it may cost a little bit more to... Get your vegan sausages from the Tatted Vegan instead of uh, Walmart or whatever. But, you know, keeping... Help somebody live. Being a part of the community and helping each other is what it should be all about. We should be focusing more on that in these corporate greed-laced times we live in. It is. It's like I said, the redemption, you know. It's Mm. like how how we balance all that is just by supporting each other. Mm -hmm. Talk about the social disparity and, and the social movement that is addressing that. How, well, how do we deal with that? Well, it's becoming part of it. You know, it's like being there for each other. That's all we can do. And, and the as, as an immigrant, you know, it's hard to be part of politics for a good chunk of the time that you're here, besides paying taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because even even are you a citizen? I'm not a citizen. Okay, yet, yeah. and I'm living here for for six years so at this but point i could be even people who aren't citizens if they have an accent like yours or they came from somewhere else and, be, and might immigrated here i mean there's still a big like this isn't your country vibe from a lot of folks in the political spectrum so yeah i mean it's hard to Which participate we're a nation of immigrants we're all yeah none of us none of us belong here <laughs> yeah it's we, we weren't it's from here yeah how quickly so. people forget oh uh, yeah no it was it was watching documentary on um, Asian Native Americans and, and even Native Americans and when I see Native Americans across the the, the peninsula uh, yeah the whole continent the land bridge or whatever yeah because when, when people talk about Native Americans they tend to think that it's just uh, oh you're people, talking about uh, like Inuit uh, versus everywhere from yeah, yeah from, from Alaska to um, to Patagonia mm-hmm. you know all those mi- migrate 
or Im- immigrate at some point from Asia. When there, know? yeah, when there was a, a, an like, ice bridge from Russia to yeah, Alaska, from, basically, right? That's from the, the theory. Beringia, yeah, yeah, fifty thousand years ago. So, like, yeah, none, none was born from this land in that sense. But like, going <laughs> going back around, how can we make um, our cause heard? Is by engaging with the community. You know, is like by being a local engaged citizen where you are being part, I don't like the rallies, but the part of the community that is going to keep going. It's how I go and I buy from Big Jerk Soda. Mm-hmm. You know, it's how I go and I, I'm not getting like a tattoo as a, um, I don't know, as a token of visiting another place, but because I want you. Um, sponsor these artists they like and I'm just talking about like the business that we have here on the table right but it's all those things like how do we connect and engage with each other um, as as a community that is tighter and tighter now, not disconnecting from the world but just making um, our voices louder and, and and giving again support for each other so we can grow together yeah, which I think I would argue supporting your local community is a great way to to kind of like it's a, it's a great building block for more national and global change. You know, all these local communities that are similar have a similar mindset and that want to support each other and not, you know, the man, so to speak. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think that that's a vo- that these little voices in all these different communities when we're all speaking at once, we may not be in the same place, but we have the same message. And I think mm-hmm. that is how change can begin. Yeah. And then, and then you start connecting, like interconnecting that. It's like a big fabric, you mm. know? And then we all like threads. Yeah. More analogies. Go. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to analogy chat. <laughs> this is a great beer you brought, by the way. Speaking of uh, small business, this is Trim Tab from uh, Birmingham. This is the raspberry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's a good one. Funky. I like those tarts ones, like uh, like a heavy kombucha. Oh yeah, <laughs> I want, yeah. I want my beer to be more kombucha heavy than beer light. That's, that's what, what I, they that's need what to I start like. making is heavy kombucha. <laughs> they do make um, alcoholic kombuchas, but they're typically only like two or three percent. Yeah. But yeah, if somebody started making like no, I mean some yeah. some real gut rot. <laughs> Big, Big Jerk was supposed to be a kombucha company originally, but huh. we we had uh, we deviated from that plan. So maybe someday. Maybe someday. In the meantime, we just had a. Um, I had the the owner, one of the owners of uh, Big Beach Brewing out in um, Gulf Shores, Alabama, oh, cool. came over to the shop today, and we made a brand new soda to pair or, or to blend with one of his beers. Nice. So they'll have a shandy on in the next few weeks with a big jerk twist to it. it you know, well, it's out of topic but maybe not but anyway my my wife is pregnant we're expecting our second child congratulations thank you mm-hmm. and, and the big jerk so those are pretty much what kills the crave for alcohol <laughs> that's a big part of why we did what we did because we didn't always want to be drinking beer and you need something strong with bubbles to, to change that uh that mindset of what you what you think you need so it's, it's smart uh we do get a lot of folks it wasn't our intention to make an alcohol substitute necessarily but we do have a lot of folks who say you know i quit drinking for whatever reason and it's nice to have an adult beverage without an alcohol content Mm -hmm. as an option 
that's why I think we do so well in um, breweries and bars is because people want to go where their friends are, but they don't want to feel like they have to drink alcohol the whole time. That so, makes sense. Yeah. Um, happy to provide options, and especially uh, pr- I would notice that uh, in my limited research that pregnant women seem to really love the ginger beer because it's good for tummy issues because uh. there's an ounce of fresh ginger juice in every bottle. Oh, that's yeah. very cool. So if she gets any morning sickness issues, I'll hook you up. Yeah, the, gotcha. what is the upside pineapple? Pineapple cake? upside down? It was, yeah, that was her favorite so far. That's, uh, that's <laughs> a good one. That's, a, that's one people like, for sure. <laughs> Probably my favorite right now. That's what most people tell me. It's either that or the blueberry peach seems to be everybody's Yeah, I never favorite. really... I never had that one. I didn't really get off on it as much as everybody else does. Yeah. I think that pineapple's so good. I don't know what they're... Have you had the Thai hot pineapple yet? Yeah. I love them all. That's but. my favorite. That's my favorite when, I, when we end up doing it. Anyway, you're listening to Soda Chat. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, but that just brings me back to mindset. You know, like you're talking about drinking alcohol versus drinking soda versus everything. From what you eat, you know, having vegan food versus uh, having ornivorous food. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when you decide to do those things. Uh, the same thing with cannabis, same thing with meditation. doesn't mean that you need to do the same thing every day all the time. You know, we'll say at the office, we're not training monks. I'm just trying to uh, give support to people that want to make more sensible decisions. Um, not to deviate too far from that, but <laughs> I did have a question I wanted to um, ask. <clears throat> so how do you, do you have any kind of outreach that you do to people who may not, like, you're kind of, we're kind of in a little bubble here. Mm-hmm. Like, Shauncee and I, and you probably have very similar mindsets about um, lots of different things, mm-hmm. right? And there's lots of people out there who could probably use some mindfulness training, but maybe for you know, religious reasons or something, they're scared to even think about it. Yeah. Um, do you have any, I don't even know if there's anybody like that listening, but do you have any, I mean, like advice or words for yeah, people who are maybe nervous about delving into, I don't know, would you call it Eastern kind of philosophy and medicine? Yeah, no, it's a very good question. And in a sense, I put... There's two extremes, right? The extreme religious and, and extreme... Uh, unreligious so this goes for both if you're an atheist agnostic or if you are uh, you know feverish christian or muslim or whatever um, whatever is your inclination um, and confusing that meditation is religion and it's not meditation um, at least as i teach comes from a base of science first Mm -hmm and understanding how our brain can work in a more optimal way. So I study different exercises, different books, different teachers, different lines of thought, not to distance meditation from its philosophy, but to justify what it does to your brain and why does it calm you down and all these things before um, like really um, diving deep into the ethereal realm, let's say. Um, and for those that are from a more, uh, say, that has a more uh, a bigger connection with the religious aspect of it, is understanding that well, when you are praying, your brain is being like activated in a similar way than when you are it's meditating. It's a type of meditation, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once introduced through that and the science behind that, people tend to be a little bit more open 
towards it. Also, we live in an age where that's a lot more mainstream. So people have apps on their phone, or they know they know about breathing exercises and mm -hmm. other things that they can do. Uh, I try to break down also, like I was talking about painting and dancing and all these other forms. They are less mystical in a sense, sure, um, but they are very much meditative practices as well. Yeah. I definitely grew up very conservative. I think Shanti did to an extent too, and I did. and so, you know, there was a there was literally people telling us meditation is evil, meditation is yeah. this, meditation is that, who obviously didn't know anything about it, and uh, <clears throat> you know, to hear you say um, you're approaching it from the scientific side of things, I think is really interesting. I uh, I studied psychology in college, and um, one of my classes was a philosophy of religion type class, and. Um, they talked about what you're saying about how prayer and meditation, whatever you're, whatever you think you're doing with those things, it activates similar centers of the brain and ha there's similar activity when you're doing those things. And I always thought that was really interesting. Oh, I think what blows my mind the most is knowing that that is also the same stuff or the same way that our brain is activated when we are under hypnosis. Hmm. I've never been. I'm terrified of hypnosis. Yes. I don't know what'll happen. You're scared of it. Oh, 100. percent Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why, but it just it unnerves me to think about being out of control like that. Well, I'm, the, I'm not all the way down for it. No, I would try it. I'm proud of you. You should. Do tell you me do about hypnosis? It. I do hypnosis. Oh, wow. So if you're looking for a safe space to do that, <laughs> well, let's get through my first appointment first, and I'll see how I feel after I try your evil meditation. <laughs> No, um, and, and just a, just sorry, just quick. Go, go ahead, when, go you, ahead. when you tap the table, it picks up on the mic. So. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Just watch oh, your hands. A little bit. We're a real professional coffee I'm table gang here. Another drink. Do you guys need another drink? Uh, watch your headphones. Uh, do you have uh, one of them bubbly waters? Oh, yeah. I'll take a bubbly water. I'll um, take a high life actually. Okay. You're listening to Beverage Chat. <laughs> it's a casual game we're doing here. Um, but yeah, so. Um, well, I mean, I'll tell you what, already I, I feel much more, um, I'm just so, I'm a nervous person to begin with, and doctor stuff makes me even more nervous. I gave blood yesterday, and I think they thought I was going to pass out, just because I was like, the whole situation, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, I don't know where to stand, and I don't want to be in people's way, and Thanks, sir. I don't know, man. So it's nice to, to, to have you here. This is why I was anticipating this meeting, was because... It's nice to get the the four one one before you go into something like that. So let's open our. Wait, hold on. I gotta get my thing out. This is a uh, soda chat. Got it. Um, well, and that's why we again we wanted to make the process as easy as possible, and we call ourselves this holistic stress management clinic. Um, because it is trying to just like take the stress away from the individual because we know that you are you're going through a lot already if you're calling us yeah so. And, <laughs> yeah so why make that situation more stressful and i really appreciate that you <laughs> don't make that situation more stressful i i know that i don't know if it's, it's just that people are more open about talking about how they feel about things now but i feel like there's a real trend with people being open about the fact that they are, you know, a little socially um, inept or they have social anxiety or just general anxiety or whatever. So it's nice when we can talk about it and be open about what's going on. And I think that's appropriate. And then it's even nicer when a local business like yours says, we know what you're going through. We understand. And here's what we do to make that easier on you. Well, there's, uh, you talk about the trends and it's the matter that... Um 
social uh, social mental well-being and uh, it has been more socially accepted you know um, our generation and and the generation before us uh, the gen xers and the the millennials kind of grew up in the in this um, environment where parents were taking xanax they were taking value that we we grew up with the angst of grunge Uh, music and, yeah. and trying to understand our emotions better so at some point we're like fuck it we need to accept or understand these emotions in one way or another and then people start embracing therapy not as something for crazy people but for all the people yeah it seems like a whole new form of responsible masculinity to be able to accept your own shortcomings and deal with them and and work on them or at least talk to somebody about them. them yeah mm -hmm. yeah Because it used to just be like, no, that's tamp it crazy down. talk. Until you yeah. have your next explosion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that we have come a long way, especially like you say, Gen X and, and Millennials, and I'm on the cusp. I never know I'm which I am. You're all, yeah, somehow yeah. I'm all of them and none of them. Because I tattoo, I'm old, and still know all about the young stuff. <laughs> yeah, you stay hip, stay yeah. fresh. You keep on TikTok. I'm a Zoomer. <laughs> Zoomer. <laughs> Man, those Zoomers, they messed up Trump's rally in Tulsa, didn't they? They, they? did, they did. <laughs> uh, I love it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I think, but I still think that there is some, to some degree, there's there's at least a sect or a group of people that are, are hesitant still, and rather than condemn them for being behind or or, I just I I understand that it takes time for some people for a myriad of um, socioeconomic, religious, whatever factors. It's hard for some people to like get on the train. So I'll be completely honest, and I think that it's really funny in our line of business that weed connects our people. Yeah, it's like. Uh, all ages groups is what we have. All parties, all um, religious denominations. Mm. You know, we have preachers that are our patients. We have. Um, old Tell me what their churches are. I want to go to those churches. <laughs> yeah. We have we have Real old grandparents. <laughs> You're welcome. Welcome to Chill Church. Yeah. We have the grandparents that tell their kids to go there. You know, we have because they had a good history of success with mm. us. Um, we have Republicans and we have Democrats and we have people that are in neither of those sides. Yeah, independents. Yeah. yeah, or anarchists, if you will. Yeah. Um, so it's really, really interesting and humbling to, to listen to all those stories and see like in the end, all that people want is to feel better, to have more call of life, you know, to live a better life with their, uh, with their loved ones. So if you can provide a little bit of respite, yeah. I, man, that's a win. My uh, my parent, my conservative parents are you know less conservative than they were when I was younger, but um, I got my mom has some chronic pain stuff. Sean C, across the table. Sorry, uh, my mom has chronic pain stuff, and um, you know uh, she's not ready for medical marijuana by any means. But I did get her. To try CBD, you know what I mean, and my dad kind of pokes fun at her and says, "Oh, she rolled that CBD stuff on her joint. She must be high now." You know, it's that kind of a thing, which is not how CBD works. And I tell them it's not, but it was so fun to watch my mom take her first puff of a CBD pen, right, like yeah. an ele electric pen or whatever, and get a little. And she loved it; it made her feel better. And so she does the tinctures because she doesn't like to smoke stuff. So she has tinctures and uh, creams and balms and all that stuff, and it's it's been beneficial to her. So. Just removing that stigma in these last... I feel like we've... I mean, I've been vocal about it 
since I was in high school, mm-hmm. right, um, as a recreational illegal user, right? But I still could see that – I think the thing I saw – I saw this uh, short clip on YouTube of a person with MS and they were having – you know, con- their body was tight and they were constantly in a seizure mode and clenched and smoking marijuana – would instantly relax some of that. They weren't perfect, but they were able to just kind of relax those muscles, relax those arms. And I had a pretty bad episode one time where I um, I was dehydrated because I drank the night before, and I went to work lifting a bunch of heavy stuff all day long, like just intense work for like four or five hours. And then when I got done, my whole body started to cramp up because I didn't have any hydration, and I had overworked my muscles. And um, it was just me and my brother living in the apartment we were in, and he went and got me some weed from his closet and brought it out and we and he gave it to me to smoke and I hit it and as soon as I did everything on my body loosened up every tight muscle every pain that I was having relaxed away and that was the moment that I completely understood the medicinal value and I've been trying to be a, a proponent of it since then mm-hmm. um, even when very again from my upbringing religious conservative people are always like why do you care so much about this are you just a pothead you know that's kind of the vibe so what if i am is kind of the response but i see that it helps people and i'm I'm glad that we're florida is at a place where we have medical marijuana that's a a great stride even from 10 years ago 15 20 years ago so i'm glad that after 20 years of my low-key activism we're finally seeing <laughs> we're finally seeing some change um you did it man i did it thank you, you. Did you're it welcome all by yourself you're welcome florida for my hard work it goes um, back to what you say like the, all the voices all together. the voices that's right my voice may not have been in a big group but it's it was heard and so were other people's and the conversations were happening mm-hmm. and i think that's what's important with anything to do with um anything good Right, yeah, yeah. whether it's social justice or um, proper medic- medical, um, proper medications available of it being available to people that aren't expensive pharmaceuticals, and you know, I'm sure that all the cannabis products aren't cheap. But like you say, if you use them properly and in the right doses, it's probably a, at least a comparable it's price a, tag. It's the same price as you would buy on the street unless you have a really good dealer. I just meant versus like but. an opium. <laughs> I just meant versus like an opium, an opioid or a prescription medicine. Yeah. Well, that wasn't a natural like a, a cannabis. It's probably a similar price point per dose, quote unquote. I think the the major difference is that it doesn't it, uh, insurance doesn't cover it. Yeah. And so that is the big the big um, uphold for a lot of people because you know insurance companies are not going to cover the doctor's consultation they're not going to cover the medication itself so people need to budget and that's why i'm so um so vocal about oh use your your products efficiently Mm. um not because of the quantity or anything else like that but mostly because you can can find you know the same amount of relief uh, with less things or by using different things. You know, if people just smoke or just vape, for example, you tend to see like an uptake uh, on the tolerance levels mm-hmm. and they just keep using more. Um, if you pair that with tinctures or even if you use like every other day instead of ev- using every day, you see that they start using less and therefore you're like just e- using less medication and saving more money. Mm. If that makes sense. Um, I see some people that tend to go to just one dispensary all the time and minding that they are retail and maybe you like that product a little bit better, 
but you might benefit from going to different dispensaries and not being just like in one place. So I'm not. A I know all of them offer different different deals and yeah. things like that too, especially for first time. Yeah. So I mean, we've got like what four or five stores. We have town. nine stores in Pensacola. So just yeah. think of this: you could get the bonuses of being a first time customer at nine different stores, all kinds of perks. I, I think it. it is my point. Nine nine places, the population of Florida is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For Pensacola. Yeah. Exactly. Pensacola, Milton, Pace, whatever. That's why I'm a I'm a a dab user. I feel like it's the most efficient way to get the most bang for your product buck. into my body at, at the initial sampling. Yeah, quick and easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff's too heavy for me. I've tried it in the past, <laughs> and it just makes me. It turns me all the way off. Which I'm not like, not turns me off, but like shuts me down. Sort yeah. of. So, I like to be able to function. Yeah, sometimes you want to be shut down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes it gives me anxiety, though. It's too much, too fast. True. But but that's again like go to the mindset, and it's true. Like the concentrates are 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 the most economical way, but there are people who do that like too often, and then again just building oh, whoa, the tolerance. Whoa, whoa. Right we're talking to you we're talking chauncey chat um, <laughs> this is an intervention all of a sudden i'm getting i'm out of here so can you buy those concentrates at the stores you can you sell you uh, uh, this dispensaries you can buy shatter you can buy wax you can buy crumble uh, crumble um distillates you sound delicious tell me more yes <laughs> i'll take some crumble please Okay. Peach, like, yes, thank some you. Strawberry switchblade, <laughs> strawberry switchblade, mango, mango murderer, strawberry <laughs> switchblade. I like it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but it is. It's like how you pair things together, you know. So you're you're using it again, like an efficient way. Um, well, and you mentioned insurance. I mean, I'm a person who cannot afford <laughs> the insurance policies that are out there. I'm a small business owner. I don't have any other jobs. I work my butt off. But I can't afford health insurance. I mean, I could, but I would have to move that, to a cheaper. That's apartment. all you could afford. Yeah, I, I would have to cut out a lot of things that I enjoy in my life. Yeah. So I guess I'm. That's a, how a, health insurance is for most people. I yeah. Think, is it like sure we could afford it, but that's all we could afford right. if we could get it. And maybe it's more important than my Disney Plus, but Disney Plus sometimes has therapeutic value for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. Uh, so I'm. I talked to Shanti about a, a different program last week uh, called Pro Health here in town that I might look into, but. As far as the, I understand that the medical cannabis is not, which is unfortunate that it's not covered by insurance because if it is a legitimate medicine and we have decided that by the legislature at this point, then why shouldn't, it's, I guess they, they have the right to refuse. Is the federal law, I know, like because federally is still illegal. True. Banks can't touch the money. Yeah, that's the other weird thing that, uh, I don't know if, if everybody out there knows this, but even legal dispensaries in recreational states and in medicinal states, um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but they are not allowed to have bank accounts for that. They're a cash-only business, correct? They're cash-only business. There are ways around that. Um, and usually they have like accounts in, in smaller banks or credit unions that are specific okay. for the industry. Um, but it is. It's kind of like weird. And I just hope that my bank manager is not listening to this podcast. <laughs> cause I, I don't think it, they... They have on paper that we are a medical marijuana yeah. uh, office um, because well, we just work. If from. they didn't ask, don't tell them. Exactly. Yeah. Man, they asked me plenty of questions to start my soda bank account last week. <laughs> Changing banks and it was just it was nightmarish. Such a hassle. But anyway, 
It's what? a weird. It's weird. We're in the wild west of it still, and, and but at least the racial undertones about negative things to do with marijuana are kind of at least partially a thing of the past. It's still not because people are still, you know, we're talking about getting our medical card and, and having a great day and going to the, the dispensary, but there's still thousands and thousands of people all over this country that are in jail for minor marijuana yeah. infractions. So we're taking steps in the right direction, but we're still so far from fixing the core of the problem. We're still in prohibition. Yeah. Mm. yeah we're in prohibition with the doctor's note. Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> it's lessening, but it's yeah. still prohibition. A lot of people ask like about like how do I think is gonna go recreational in Florida and whatnot, and I have no doubt that it will. For sure. But I think before that, we are gonna see decriminalization federally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then things will follow up. And you know, we talked in the beginning. It was really interesting how this this industry suddenly has all these people with knowledge behind it that like you know, coming from nowhere. But truth is, where the money is. There, is where politics is. will be. Yeah. So uh, so now that we've realized that it's a billion dollar industry, and that or more, or multi billion, yes. Yeah, so, but, but then you've got states reporting extremely high tax revenues from it, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think, like you say, at some point the politics are just going to get on board because that's where the money is. Think about our representative, and I don't want to make this into politics. <laughs> that's okay. Take it there. We don't care. But if you think about who Matt Getz is. And how he is advocating about uh, marijuana and, and medical marijuana specifically, or even how our our governor is, and he wants to change the way uh, the dispensaries work. The dispensaries work what we call vertical integration. So mm-hmm. the dispensaries are the ones responsible for growing the the, the plant, processing, lab testing, sending to other labs to test. Um, and selling and delivery, so a seed to sale, mm-hmm. different from other states. If you go to California or Colorado, you know, you could have your own different uh, farms that yeah, supply you, different, you different distribute yeah. farm, or or maybe you're making your own edibles and you're selling to the dispensaries. Like here in Florida, that's not allowed. And Governor DeSantis wants to change that, so because that yeah. slows the market because there's no competition. Yeah. Everybody's got their own product to sell. Well, we talk a lot about things that annoy us about Matt Gates and, uh, and DeSantis. So if there's, Dude, I mean, at everybody... the same time, I've always said he always he, he came out about climate change, saying that Getz. climate change, yeah, yeah, saying that like climate change is came out of <laughs> came out of the climate change closet. Yeah, but came, the know. first thing came out about was the climate change. Him he's and his adopted been, son. He's always been pro marijuana. I saw a thing yesterday that said "Happy question mark question mark question mark" to Matt Gates. <laughs> For whatever that was, Cuban's Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Anyway, Matt, if you're listening, uh, we know you're listening. Matt, just, it's okay. Nobody's judging you. No way Matt Gates listens to this podcast. Yeah, he's, I I called him. Matt, if you're listening, call me out on it. Come sit on the podcast. At Potsicola on Twitter. Bring your gas mask. You can always email us, potsicola at gmail.com. But yeah, I mean, there's a broad spectrum of, political opinions and people that we don't agree with and you know we try to be fair when somebody or i try to be fair when somebody is doing something right give them don't shit on them for it give them some leeway and i think that you're right uh you know if gets and desantis are trying to make this an open freer market for people and uh for businesses to thrive then great because frankly i would love 
to make a cannabis infused soda. So <laughs> give me that option and uh, Matt and we'll, we'll make it happen. What would you call it? Ooh, I'd make a whole new line. I don't know what I would call it. Um, Bud Fuzz, Bud Fizz. Ooh. I don't know, something right. like that. I'll Have you thought out. about doing a CBD infused? Yeah, I've I did a little bit of research, and maybe you can. You probably know more about it than I do. But um, the research that I had found, which was limited, was that um, CBD is its effectiveness, its efficacy is limited um, in a highly acidic solution, and mm-hmm. soda is a has is a low pH, high acid solution. So I was concerned with saying, oh, there's 20 milligrams of CBD in every bottle, but if the efficacy has been <laughs> Diluted, diluted by the, the citric acid in the in the sodas or whatever, then I didn't want to claim. I mean, I, it would be truthful, but it would be untrue. Do you know yeah, what I mean? That like, sounds so, <laughs> so <laughs> until somebody can show me some research that says that we were we were full bore going for it last year when this all, stuff kind of all started, and um, as soon as I saw that, and I talked to a, a grower down in South Florida at length, and just nobody could give me an answer that said no you'll still it'll still be as potent in a soda as it would be we know there's people out there making cbd juices cbd sodas that are low ph high acid um but we don't have the proof that we wouldn't be damaging the cbd by putting it in our product yet so we have decided to wait until there's further hey i know a guy if you want me to talk to him about it cbd guy whole cbd business yeah do it yeah just just tell him what we do and forget the is it crystal Crystal Creek. Oh, that's who I oh, talked yeah. to. Yeah. I talked to him. Timmy. Yeah. Down in, um, he's not in Miami. He's north of Miami, but he's down there somewhere. I think the, the business is he lives here. Oh, does he? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, maybe I'll have another conversation with him. Well, I think that's the main problem with CBD, though, is like the placebo effect with it. Right. You have such a huge distribution of things that it's hard for people to find products that work, products that are consistent and reliable. And the prices vary right. a lot also. Well, and I will say I had a CBD water uh-huh. that I couldn't believe how well it worked when I drank it. Like, I, was, I wasn't I was high, but I was, like, in instantly, after one big slug, I was in a better mood. Mm-hmm. I felt lighter, and I was like, is this real or is this a placebo? And I've never been able to recreate that with another bottle of that water, <laughs> so I don't know. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, if I make a product in any realm, I want to make sure that it's honest about what it is. And that's kind of a big part of what we do. So, yeah, I'm very interested in using CBD and THC in the future in our products because I think there's a market for it and people want it. um, You know, I like making cool stuff. And I I think think that's cool. Coca-Cola bought so many (laughs) stocks in (laughs) Canada. Oh, Coca-Cola did? Yeah. Uh, I thought you were talking about the fact that they used to have actual cocaine in their recipe. That's where they started. It looks like they're going the same route. But they bought like a huge amount of... uh, once, cannabis stocks in Canada. Once something make. as big as Coke is behind behind it, I mean, it's we're we're years, oh, just a year or two away from we got to be from federal legalization, right? Decriminalization. I would think so. The only I thing I think that holds us up is our privatized prison prison system because if you decriminalize, you have to vacate a lot of those um, at least lower level offenses. Maybe not dealers and things like that, but simple possession offenses. And mm-hmm. you're talking about tens of thousands of people all over the country imprisoned for nothing you know that they'll have well, to there's never been a better time to shut down the prison system <laughs> did you watch that john oliver episode last night no I he talked to. all about the prison system and how Ooh. we need to get people out of it right now because the the covid infection rate in prisons is like 90 percent right now mm-hmm. because there's just nowhere for these people to go but right next to each other the whole day you know what i mean like they're, mm-hmm. they're just in we talk about the vortex of breath here in, in a little 
but this is somebody's cell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and they have to sit next to their sick cellmate and what pray that they don't get it. They yeah. don't have the proper PPE, so they're gonna get their T-shirt around your face. Yeah. So terrible. If you're listening, let us know at Potsicle on Twitter. <laughs> let us know what if you're in jail. <laughs> yeah. If you're in jail and you're sick, please hit us up. Prisoners have <laughs> cell phones, man. I don't know if you know that. Well. Watch that John Oliver episode. There was a guy in the prison saying, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I'm taking this video because you guys got to see how bad it is here. And there's people sick everywhere and stuff. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. Philippe, if I can put you on the spot, will you do some mindfulness uh, therapy for for us and our listeners? Walk us through a little little mindfulness exercise. The mindfulness exercise is the simplest thing to do. And uh, after I guide you through one, you can always do by yourself. So that's very, very easy. Um, I usually invite people to close their eyes because that just reduces the stimuli I'm that the brain's it. receiving. I'm, I'm with you, so Go you tell it. me what to do. Yeah. So if you don't close your eyes, that's totally fine. You're just going to have to embrace what you see as well. Just don't close your eyes if you're driving and you're listening. Keep yes, yeah. The, like <laughs> the rest it, of you, close your eyes like he said. If you're do driving, it. I would uh, say the mindfulness aspect of it is to pay attention to the road that you're in. But once you are in this position where you allow yourself to just be present, you take a deep breath, however that looks or feels to you. And you just notice what does that do to your body. And if that is hard enough on itself to just like focus on it, I like to introduce some cues, uh, physical cues that help you to just focus on breath. So you can notice the air touching your nostrils as it goes in. You can notice the rise and fall of your chest. Or the change of temperature when the air goes out. And the same cycle, just noticing how every second that you breathe is a little bit different. How the airflow moves. How maybe there's a breeze. So the same way that you connect with your breath, you can do the same thing, bringing awareness to different parts of your body. You can notice how your feet touch the ground and just bring your awareness to the bottom of your feet you being even more specific just bringing attention to the bottom of your left feet and you allow your mind to almost trace a map around this almost unnoticed sensation because how many times have you thought about the bottom of your left feet and just notice how it touches the ground maybe the layers between the ground and your feet and you start noticing your sock the shoe sole now the same idea goes to everywhere you can bring awareness to your skin. And maybe that just is a weird sensation. But you can notice the temperature in your skin. 
how your clothes touch your skin. So the awareness that you bring to the present can be directed anywhere you want. Now bring back to the sounds that you listen. Maybe it's just my voice. Maybe you're listening to sounds in the background. Maybe you're listening to sounds even inside your head. Sounds of your stomach and your body moving. Sounds of your, your mouth. And we keep the movement into realms and parts of our body that we don't notice that often. So bring awareness to inside your mouth, to the textures, the movement of your tongue. <clears throat> and bringing back to your breath in any mindfulness or meditation practice you can use your breath as an anchor point so when your mind goes somewhere else and it will, it will wander you can use one of those physical cues as a return point the air touching your nostrils, the rise and fall of your chest, maybe even the sense or the temperature in the air. And you take a deep breath, and you can gently open your eyes as you exhale. Oh, I love it. I feel so chill right now. <laughs> See, and you do even need medical yeah. marijuana. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the freebie. I'm out. <laughs> no, that was really good. And I and I appreciate you doing that on the podcast for us. Again, just to kind of like let people dip their toes in and understand that it's not, it's, it doesn't have to be a scary it's thing. It's just, just about heebie-jeebie craziness. Right, it's just can, about being conscious be. of your body. I think that's that's what is cool. You oh, can like don't, just don't go. Get them started. No, you can go anywhere with this type of stuff um, mm. because you don't need to, like I say, train monks. You don't need to go into this space of you no, know, the seek to enlightenment unless you want to. You can, but it doesn't really, have to be that. It can just be something to help you get through your exactly. daily grind. Right? Is what is sensible to you? What what is that you are trying to connect with? Um, the intention behind it tells a lot about the things that that you do. Mm. Um, this is the same thing again, mindset with cannabis. Yeah. <clears throat> and I, I really motivate people and our clients uh, even more to do these breathing exercises, where you're just like taking one deep breath or a couple before you even vape or smoke, because that is going to prepare your body and mm. your mind to be more receptive and you're going to use less product again it's about efficiency yeah well it's been awesome having you here thank you um can you, you what can what, what can we plug for you tell us about other things that you do um you said you have a podcast as well plug that plug anything you want the people to know about cool all right if you're looking for podcasts to listen and, and tips on how to de-stress uh, you can go on iTunes or Spotify and look for the This 
stress podcast d dash stress podcast uh, you're gonna find some, like mini meditations and a lot of people talking about what they do to de-stress it's a, just a fun side project that i have with a friend um if you're looking for help with stress management look for our website empathicpractice.us okay um I have a series of meditations on YouTube also. Just look for Empathic Practice Pensacola. You're going to find us. There's more than an hour worth of meditations there. And I'll so, link all that stuff onto our uh, thank you. Spotify. So people can, if you're looking, listening to the podcast, go to the Spotify, check the, um, the description, and they'll have links to all that stuff uh, so that people can see what you do and get a hold of you. And we'll, we'll leave all your information yeah, there. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, and now just going back to what you say, like how do you – how do I do outreach to other mm-hmm. demographics even? Recently, I started doing, it has been like three times now, uh, doing this monthly show on news radio, um, which is totally out of my comfort zone. Nice. <laughs> sure, like and, on, on a local news radio station? Yeah, so it is like a, a AM station and... A, 1650, is that right? I think that's 1610 yeah, yeah. or 6210. But they are also on FM. But nonetheless, it's it's not the same people that necessarily would be listening to this podcast. Yeah, people who listen to radio <laughs> are very different typically than the people who listen to podcasts. So that's good. That's good that you're out there and that, that other people are getting exposed to it. That's We're cool. trying. And yeah. if you go to our Facebook page, you're going to see events. We're doing uh, free meditations now um, on Long Hollow Park, right in front of the First City Arts Center. Oh, yeah. Those guys are awesome. Three times a week, we're doing the meditations there, and it's all free donations uh, are accepted and they are being redirected to dream defenders satoshi forest and from the ground up it's three amazing local um community charity organizations mm. that's awesome so I what like, days of the week do you do those I, at long Hall? i'm doing on mondays at 10 30 tuesdays at 2 and then fridays at 5 30 those are 30 minute meditations to all levels uh, it's very simple I usually take my singing bowls there so if someone cannot hear my voice at least they're listening to the tones of it we have a beautiful labyrinth in that park um, right in front of First City Arts Center so it's also a great way to know a different type of uh, and a different part of Pensacola mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with it so I'm going to be doing that until the end of July and I invite people to, to do that. If, if this podcast goes on air after July, let me know that you have interest in that. And, or if you're listening after July, yeah. just I will keep doing it as long as people want me to be Very doing cool. things like that. Um, well, yeah, this will probably go out. Uh, it t- usually either takes me takes me some time within 24 hours to get these up on, <laughs> oh, the, good. on the air, depending on how <laughs> tired I am when I get home. So they'll be up soon. Um, but, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely plug that and... and um, Friday at 5.30 is right after my stressful delivery day, so I think I might need to come prepare for my weekend by de-stressing. I'll go with you. (laughs) Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Felipe. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. This was fun. Bye.